Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Julie here on Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today, we are going to start a series talking about herbs in the garden. So today, the first herb we're talking about is oregano. Do you know all of these oregano uses? I know some of you have probably heard of uh, oregano essential oil or oil of oregano. Uh, Maybe you use oregano in your cooking. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and see if you might discover some new things about oregano that you didn't know before. So as you might imagine, oregano goes all the way back to the Greeks, maybe even the Egyptians too, but it is native to the Mediterranean area as well as uh, Western and Southwestern Eurasia. So the Egyptians might not have known it as much as the Greeks, but the Greeks certainly knew about it and used it often. And they used it for narcotic poisons uh, as an antidote. They used it to help uh, stop convulsions and for something called dropsy. Uh, they also thought that it was um, a good omen if it grew on somebody's grave, uh, that it meant that the person who had died had uh, gone on in peace. And they also crowned newlyweds with it, that it would be sort of a good luck charm for them in some ways, because uh, the word oregano comes from two Greek roots that mean mountain and joy. So together, uh, they felt that the herb uh, brought joy and peace. So they believed that the herb was created by the goddess Aphrodite and that it would be a symbol of joy growing in her garden. So after the Greeks, the Romans, of course, learned of it from the Greeks, and they really liked the flavor of this herb and decided to use it for a lot of their cooking and uh, even some of the medicinal uses too. And because they went all over the European continent and into other areas as well, uh, they, they brought the oregano with them and would plant it all over the place and thus introduced it to other people groups. Aristotle, a a Greek philosopher, he discovered its use for snake bites by watching tortoises and what they did after they ate snakes. So sometimes we can learn a lot about plants by watching native wildlife 
And the tortoises, after they would eat snakes, they would go and immediately eat oregano. Hippocrates, another philosopher, of course, the father of modern medicine, he used oregano on a regular basis as well to protect against respiratory and gastrointestinal issues. He was also among the first to discover its antiseptic properties and to use it that way. And he wrote about it um, to share what he found and his observations about that plant. And of course, that that carries us into the Middle Ages, where they used it for just about everything, as often happens, you know, becomes sort of the wonder herb. Uh, and it 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 was commonly available. It was one of those herbs that was easy to find and easy to get, easy to grow. And so they would use it for everything. And we'll discover a little bit later in today's show about why that may have not been such a bad idea. Uh, So they did use it for medicinal purposes. They would chew the leaves as a cure for toothache indigestion, coughing fits, rheumatism, and they would also place it around tombs and graves for much the same kind of reason as the ancient Greeks, so that the people who had died would find peace. It's kind of a superstitious kind of thinking, uh, knowing that in the Middle Ages there was a widespread uh, Christian faith, um, but some of those old things still persisted, of course. So they did use it for some of the same reasons as the Greeks, and they would sometimes carry the leaves as good luck charms. So again, you know, the idea of joy and peace and bestowing uh, good things on uh, the person who received it. That's why they would uh, give it to newly married couples in the Greek times. Uh, They would also grow it around their house because they thought it would protect them from evil. And maybe they attributed illness to evil spirits as often happened. So if if that were the case, that wouldn't be such a uh, bad association uh, to grow it to ward off illness uh, that they thought was evil spirits. And they also started to use it as a food ingredient and would also use it sometimes to preserve meats. Um, That is a possible use for it, of course. And well, as I said, we'll learn a little bit in a little bit why that might be true. And of course, as trade routes opened up, oregano made its way to China where it was also incorporated into their medicinal practices. And they believed that it would help with fever, vomiting, and upset stomach. Very interesting how cultures who had never encountered a plant before would come to some of the same conclusions about that plant through use. Because uh, as, you, as you just heard with the Chinese, their uses are very similar to how the Greeks and Romans and people of the Middle Ages used it, uh, even though they had never encountered the plant before. So 
it had kind of fallen out of favor and wasn't really used much in the U.S. until after World War II. And that's because it, it does not, it is not native to the United States. It grows in Europe and they didn't, people from Europe didn't really bring it with them when they came here uh, during all of the immigration periods. But soldiers from World War II coming back from the Italian front, they did bring oregano with them because they had developed a taste for it. And there was a pizza craze starting here in the U.S. right around that time. And of course, they wanted to put that on their pizzas. It was one of the pizza herbs. Uh, pizza here in the U.S. looks very different from in Italy, um, but uh, it, it did catch on here and is widely used for that purpose. And um, in Italy, though, it would often be used with roasted, fried, or grilled vegetables, used with meats, um, and also with fish. And it combines well with some of the spicy foods that you find there, which there aren't a lot, but it is part of some of those recipes. It's also used in some Latin American recipes and in um, especially in Argentinian recipes. And of course, in Greek recipes and some of the other countries of the Mediterranean region, uh, they also incorporate the oregano. Now, I have to tell you that if you decide to grow oregano, the, the official Latin name is Oreganum vulgari or vulgaris, but it's often adulterated with wild marjoram. In fact, in some parts of the world, it's called wild marjoram, but it's, they're not exactly the same plant. Uh, true oregano is the Greek oregano, as the Greeks used it, the true Greek. Uh, wild oregano, of course, is often not oregano at all, but it's marjoram, which is a very related plant. Um, both plants are from the mint family. Uh, and if you get seeds, oregano plant seeds, make sure that you get them from a reputable seller because sometimes the seeds are adulterated with marjoram seeds. And then when you grow it, it won't taste quite the same as a regular oregano, as the Greek oregano. And it also may not have the same medicinal properties if that's the reason why you're growing it. So it may not be as aromatic, it may not have quite the same flavor, and the medicinal properties may not be the same. So you want to make sure that you get the right plant. Mexican oregano is not true oregano either. It does taste similar, but it is from a completely different plant family. So that is not true oregano either. Growing oregano, you want to grow it in full sun, in hardiness zones up to about zone five, but be careful because that's like sort of the upper limit of where you can grow it. So you have to be careful, especially as it gets cold. Uh, so you might want to grow it in pots so that you can bring it indoors in the winter and don't have to mess around with the overwintering uh, preparations that you do um, if you keep it outdoors, it does need well-drained soil. 
And uh, it is a perennial plant, but you have to harvest it at just the right time or um, it will stop growing. So you want to make sure that you pinch off stems before the plant flowers. So you want to make sure that you leave four to six pairs of leaves on the plant so that it will continue to produce new shoots and new uh, leaves for you and it'll make, it'll make it a bushier plant too. Allowing the plant to flower, it won't grow anymore. That It's sort of like it reached its peak and um, it may even kind of die back for the season and then it'll come back the following year because I said it is a perennial. So you want to hang the stems in a cool dry place so that you don't get moldy leaves when you do dry it. And then uh, then you can take your finger and run it along the stems to pull off all of the really nice leaves. You can learn more about uh, growing the herb in your garden or in pots through um, your local university extension or through uh, some popular gardening sites. Now, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of the modern oregano uses and the things that have been discovered through uh, research about oregano essential oil, particularly, but the plant itself, of course, contains the oil. So you can use the leaves, just the dried leaves, or you can make an oil of oregano, which is basically the dried leaves steeped in olive oil. So it's like the olive oil is extracting the uh, properties of the oregano into the oil. And it's like a flavored oil. And you could also, another way that oil of oregano is used is uh, the term is often refers to a solution in which the oregano essential oil is diluted uh, because oregano essential oil is rather irritating. It's what they would call a hot herb. It's very stimulating and um, irritating. And um, we'll talk about warnings and things around that in just a bit. So modern oregano properties and uses. So first of all, oregano is a significant source of vitamins B6, C, E, and K. And it also contains folate, manganese, magnesium, calcium, and iron. And it's just chock full of antioxidants more than any other herb in the mint family. So like catnip is in the mint family, peppermint's in the mint family, of course. Uh, it has more antioxidants than any of them. And uh, that, of course, makes it uh, very potent for certain kinds of uses. So it has some good nutritional qualities. So adding the fresh herb to foods is wonderful. It has the following properties. It is antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral. It is an expectorant and a stimulant, as I said. So the stimulant qualities are often useful in producing sweating to help the body rid itself of colds and flu. And the uh, it has an affinity for the gastrointestinal tract and the respiratory tract. 
the antibacterial properties are especially suited for the kinds of bacteria that tend to populate those areas and cause problems. So all those ancient uses, of course, they they knew this stuff through their empirical uh, studies that and observational studies that were long before the science that we have now to try. But if you're going to use it uh, to assist the body with any of those things, uh, it is recommended only for acute issues, um, not for long-term use. Now, there have been many studies, many, many studies published in national medical and um, scientific research journals. I'm going to tell you about a few of these studies, but uh, there are many studies around oregano for use in all of these different ways. Uh, A study published in 2018 showed uh, that oregano oil supports protecting the liver and, of course, showed and proved the antibacterial and antioxidant activity. They basically put it in a Petri with some other bacteria and things and see what happens. Uh, another study in twenty in twenty eighteen used oregano against the bacteria that cause the commonly cause acne, and they found that it is very effective in treating acne that is resistant to the usual antibacterial treatments. Uh, so, but again, it. Caution is advised because it is irritating to the skin. So it would have to be very diluted in a carrier oil in order to use that for that purpose. In the Journal of Applied Microbiology in 2017, they did some experimenting with oregano and found that it was a viable alternative for treating yeast infections, vaginal yeast infections, and also it also showed activity against E. coli and certain types of staph infections. And that's very interesting because those things often are resistant to the usual types of antibiotics. And again, a study, another study published in 2019, it also showed that oregano essential oil uh, was active against certain gram-negative bacteria that were resistant to antibiotics. This is really important because as, um, as we see more and more bacteria that are resistant to our usual antibiotic treatments, we need alternatives. And these studies show that we have alternatives. So it's good to continue to learn about that. Interestingly, oregano also has been studied in uh, anti-aging and cancer treatment and prevention. That's uh, not a widely known use for oregano, but it makes sense given that it has such a high amount of antioxidants and given that it has the, the antibacterial uh, and stimulating effects. So in the National 
In the National Product Research Journal in 2019, oregano oil showed anti-cancer effects on adrenocortical tumors. And another study in 2020 uh, showed its possible use for anti-aging skin products. And then finally, but certainly not the last piece of research that there is, I just wanted to give you a little flavor of how much this oil has been studied and the things that um, have been discovered in the lab. So the last one I'm going to share with you uh, was published in Biomedicine and Pharmacotherapy Journal in 2018, and um, they found some promising results for the use of oregano oil in uh, stomach cancer. So it's really an amazing oil. It's an amazing herb. I, I encourage you to use it in your cooking as much as possible. There are some warnings around the use of oregano essential oil. So don't use it during pregnancy or breastfeeding because it, um, because it does have the stimulating effects and because it can affect the liver. I remember I said that don't use it for long-term use. Um, it can have an effect on liver metabolism. And so you don't want that going on uh, with um, with babies. So when you use oregano oil, I mentioned it's kind of a hot herb and stimulating, so it can irritate the mucous membranes, and it also has the potential to inhibit blood clotting and interact with some medications uh, with that. There, when you, if you're going to use it on the skin, the maximum concentration is about one percent, which is you know, a little, it's, it's less than what is typical, but 1% of the solution uh, is, is pure oil. And because of the potential for irritation, not to use it with children age two or younger, and uh, it's advised not to use it in the bath. That is at your own discretion. Um, and it, it's, primarily because of the potential to cause skin irritation. But, you know, you have a lot of water in there. So use that at your own discretion. So I hope that you learned some new things about oregano oil today. I had a lot of fun telling you about all of these wonderful things that are just fun facts around oregano. So please Follow me on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at Julie.Naturally. And I look forward to seeing you there. And we will talk again next week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at CrunchyChristianPodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless.